you know, the anticipation of that beat drop or the feeling of rocking into your favorite groove and wanting that feeling to last forever. Your brain probably recognizes the song and is like, yes, more sound sugar for me. Hi, welcome to the Be Hair podcast, where we talk about how we can live more mindfully by living more musically. My name is Brian Royce, and this is where I share my journey with music and mindfulness. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about letting go. But before we jump in, wherever you are, please just pause and take two deep breaths with me. If you can, close your eyes for this one. Now, I want you to suddenly become aware of the feeling of your tongue in your mouth. I know it's weird, but I bet you can't unfeel it now. <laughs> Try and bring that same quality of attention to your breath, wherever you're most aware of it. For me, I like to focus on the area around my diaphragm and just breathe in and notice as many sensations as you can. Notice temperature, pressure, any discomfort, tingling, and just breathe into it without trying to change anything. I'm glad that you've chosen to be here. Okay, today's episode order looks like this. We're going to start by talking about addictive songs and some of the neuroscience behind some of these music listening habits. And then we're going to take a mindfulness spin on the art of letting go to wrap everything up. Okay, so let's go. I want to kick things off by asking a relatable question. What is a song that you've had on loop recently? A song that you've heard that was just so good that you literally played over and over and over and over. Go leave a comment on this episode's Instagram post and tell me what yours is so I can go and listen to that on loop until Kingdom Come as well. <laughs> but regardless of what the song is, the point is this. A song came to mind for you, right? Maybe you don't have one right now, but I bet that you have had one in the past. Okay, why do we do this? Why do we do this? As human music listeners, why do we all relate to this so hard? Getting stuck on a song that we just love and just playing it over and over and over. I want to get to the bottom of this today. So if you're with me, let us unpack. All right. So if you've listened to previous episodes of the podcast, you know me already. I love a good neuroscience perspective. So we all have brains. And if you don't, and you're listening anyway, somehow, please DM me. I'd love to know more. <laughs> and on a chemical level, our brains respond to music in the same way as other pleasurable stimuli. All right. Crash course, right? So our brains are built up of long chains of neurons. Neurons are the individual cells in your brain that conduct electricity along themselves. When one neuron fires, it sends a signal to the next neuron and the next and over and over and over. And this on the scale of billions and trillions controls your internal organs and systems, tells your body how to move. Um, it helps to process the billions of bits of information that we're currently and constantly receiving from our senses. And it, it you know, cre obviously creates this experience of consciousness that we all know and love. One of my favorite fun facts is this. Because one neuron can be connected to more than one other neuron, and there are about on the order of 80 to 90 billion neurons in the average brain, that means that there are more connections between neurons in your brain than there are stars in the observable universe. Yeah. Yeah. So the magic really happens where the neurons connect, all of those trillions of connections going on in your brain, and where they talk to each other. 
And in fact, how they do this is by sending chemical signals called neurotransmitters that float between the really tiny spaces or synapses between the tips of the neurons themselves. These are chemicals that pass on the electrical message to the next neuron, kind of like they're playing a giant game of telephone inside your head. One of these neurotransmitters often found in the brain pathways dealing with like pleasure is called dopamine. I know you've heard this word before. Dopamine is the reward neurotransmitter. I mean, it does other things to like regulate movement. Like for example, Parkinson's disease is a condition related to like deficiencies in these dopaminergic pathways. I'm not a doctor, please consult with a professional for more info in this department. But back to this idea of pleasure pathways, dopamine pathways. When you eat sugar, for example, these pathways of neurons in your brain release more dopamine and you interpret this as, this feels good, I like this. And this kind of works like a reward for your brain and it strengthens the electrochemical pathways, making you actually want to repeat this behavior over and over again or eat more sugar. Dopamine functions to reinforce behavior. Whatever the behavior is that triggered the dopamine rush, you're gonna wanna do it again. That's how it works. That's why dopamine also plays a role in addiction and addictive behaviors. Food, laughter, social connection, physical touch, sex, drugs, exercise, meditation, and you guessed it, music, all stimulate dopamine according to recent research. So it makes sense then that when you get that like OMG response from what is now your new favorite song and you just want to listen to it over and over and over again, it's because your brain chemistry is literally changing to make you want to repeat that rewarding behavior, which is listening to this song. Isn't that, isn't that wild? It's dopamine. It's all brain chemistry. Your brain probably recognizes a song and is like, yes, more mental candy, more air candy for me, more brain sugar or sound sugar for me. Like, you know, the anticipation of that beat drop or the feeling of rocking into your favorite groove and wanting to feel like, um, or wanting that feeling to last forever. Maybe we'll do another bonus episode sometime on like the neuroscience of music because this is its own topic in general. But for now, I want to move into taking a mindfulness slant to all of this. Music aside, I feel like there's a tendency that I have that you probably relate to, to want to hold on to something that's good. You know, like clutching after something that you never want to let go of or you don't want it to end. Wanting the dopamine rush of eating this cookie to last forever. Or if you're like me, never wanting the french fries in the bottom of the bag to finish. I wish there was just an endless supply of like french fries in the bottom of the bag. Um, maybe it is to like hold on to a person or a relationship really tightly out of fear that what you have now is going to change or it's going to end and you don't want that. So you cling to what you do have. You know, in Jamaica, we have a culture where when the tune just sweeted, the selector have to pull it up, you know, for the, for the non-Jamaicans out there, that just means start it over again so we can hear that again. Um, or, you know, that just speaks to how we just rinse these songs that we love to the point of sometimes them getting overplayed and kind of losing their flair in a sense. There is an obsessively clingy nature that I relate to and I feel is sort of universal, universally human, some sort of loss aversion playing in there too, it almost feels like a natural desire to cling to good feelings. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with good feelings. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with pleasurable experiences. But for me, the tighter that I hold on to something, the more disappointed I am when it ends or when it's absent or not there. And the more unhappiness I inflict on myself when I can't get it or when I don't have it anymore. 
the craving of wanting something or someone so much that it's unpleasant. That, that's destructive, in my opinion, and that's not healthy. And that can take me down some roads that I don't necessarily want to go because addiction is a real thing. I'm not even just talking about drugs like social media. I'm looking at you as well. Social media is addictive. It has the same sort of dopamine responses that we, we talked about. And on a deeper level, this, the state of suffering, an almost universally human experience, in my opinion, I think is just fundamentally a yearning for something that you don't or cannot have. A yearning for something you don't or can't have. It's, it's wanting things to be a different way or wanting something else that you feel like is lacking. And I'm not just talking about candy anymore. Like you can take this to whatever um, depths that you, you will let your mind go. Um, it's different for everybody, right? Mindfulness, though. The lesson that I have had to learn here is to hold on to things loosely, both good and bad. Just loosen my grip a little bit and stop clutching after um, what I want to achieve or the things that I expect my life to be like. You know, maybe it's letting go of yearning for things to be a certain way and just allowing what is here to simply be here. Not in an apathetic or giving up kind of a way, but but in a way that gives some some space and, and makes some space just to let things be as they are right now and observe them and letting that be okay for right now. In meditation, paying attention to my breath has taught me to allow space for the breath to come and go, observing each unique breath and not letting a single one go unnoticed or unappreciated without clinging to it. Because think about it, yeah, you can hold your breath, but unless you let go of this breath and make room for the next one, you're gonna die. That's just how it works. You need to, the, there's an art of um, allowing to come in and then letting go as it comes out. Try adopting that same mindset next time you're listening to a banger of a song. You know, the ones that, you know, when the song is just euphoric, like you're just bathing in the sound and feels good in your bones? That. Next time you're there, try allowing each passage in the song to come. Be appreciated for what it is. Feel, feel all the goosebumps as they come. And then move on to the next passage. Hopefully, you know, the catchy sections will repeat a couple times and you'll get to experience them again. But eventually, the song's going to end and you just have to let go of what it was. I mean, you could pull it up, right? The magic of modern technology is that you could cling to a song and play it over and over and over and loop forever but then you'd never get to experience the rest of the album or even the next album after that or another artist that you might like. You would never know what else there is if you don't make room for what else can come if you don't let go. Don't be that DJ that pulls up the song three times. All right. At the heart of it, I feel like it's just a life lesson in welcoming and letting go of the good and the bad because that's life, right? Everything is constantly changing. And a mindful musical perspective teaches me to step into that state of flow and just flow with it. Letting passages of music, um, the in and the out breath, or seasons of life come and go, appreciating each one while you're in it, you know, but without clinging to this false sense or this false desire for permanence, which is only really an illusion at best. The reality of this four-dimensional universe that we live in means we can't escape the passage of time, unfortunately. Time travelers, if you're listening, you're welcome to prove me wrong. But until then, this means accepting 
the transient nature of reality. Music is transient, just like time and experience and reality is transient. Yeah, music is beautiful, but by definition, it is constantly moving forward, and so should you. My question for myself and for you is this. What things are you clinging to that you need to let go of? Maybe it's an addiction that has a real hold of you. Maybe it's a sadness for your life to be a certain way that it's not, um, and that's really getting you down. Maybe it's an unmet expectation of another person, or maybe it's an unhealthy over-attachment to someone or something that needs loosening. Maybe it's a pattern of negative self-talk, but whatever it is, what are you, think about what are you clinging on to that you need to let go of? And you can put this question to the back of your mind, almost forget about it as you do your meditation practice, you know, by focusing on your breathing and, you know, let the feeling of exhalation guide you in exploring this feeling of letting go. What does it feel like in your body to release and let go? Look, these are very real issues that I don't want to minimize or patronize by suggesting that you can just sit in a room with your eyes closed until your problems go away. That's not what I'm saying. Go talk to a professionally trained, licensed counselor with experience if you are in a situation that requires more experienced and knowledgeable help. There's nothing shameful or wrong um, with going to counseling. Um, it's about time that we destigmatize this um, whole idea in the 21st century conversation because counseling, therapy, medication are effective if done right and if deemed necessary. And look, if you're unsure, the best thing you can do is get some professional advice. Just go talk to someone. It's not as hard as you think. But if this feels daunting still, and you're looking for something with a bit of a lower barrier to entry, you literally don't need any money to practice meditating. Like you can try. If you need a little help getting started, try this short, mindful breathing exercise. And let me know how it goes. It's simple. Here it is. Step number one. Go get alone, sit comfortably, and close your eyes. You don't have to close your eyes, but it's easier if you're just getting started to close your eyes. Step number two, pick a location in your body that you feel the breath most clearly. For example, the space between your nose and your lips, or maybe your ribs, or maybe your stomach or abdomen, and mentally lock on to that spot. Step number three, just observe 10 breaths. Just, observe, just count 10 breaths in and out, but mentally note each one. So breathe totally normally, and take in all the sensations of breathing from where you've mentally locked onto. And don't let a single in-breath or out-breath pass without you observing every piece of it. Step four, as you notice a thought arising, just note it gently, like you're touching a mental soap bubble and just watch it pop. If you notice your train of thought gets fully derailed, start over again from one. Don't let your mind go off counting on autopilot or thinking somewhere else. Mine does it, yours will probably do it too. And step number five, for social reinforcing purposes, message me and tell me how it was for you. Was it hard? Was it easy? Did you have to start over a lot? What did you notice by the time you got done? And how did you feel physically or mentally? Try this. This is the essence of mindfulness meditation practice right here. And you can repeat this as many times as you need, any time of day, almost anywhere. You don't even need to be alone, to be honest. Some, sometimes I do this when I'm in uncomfortable social situations and my social anxiety is just kicking off. And based on some new research, they're suggesting that meditation can be a natural dopamine booster. What do you know? Look, the smart people are saying it boosts concentration 
and is associated with more positive mental health outcomes, emotional management, reduced blood pressure, reduced feelings of anxiety, enhanced creativity and supposedly better sleep as well. People are researching its effectiveness against memory loss as well, but the science is still young. But so far, it's looking promising. Just like the idea of daily exercise, daily physical exercise was just a few decades ago. But like exercise, you gotta do it consistently to get any real results. I'm talking every day for like at least like a month. And maybe that sounds difficult, but if you're even remotely interested, just try it. It becomes easier the more you do it. Try sticking to a regular schedule and maybe reach out to me or somebody else that you trust. Let's build a community where this stuff is normalized and easy to talk about. If I were to sum up this episode, I would say a mindful and musical perspective teaches us to embrace the transience of music and life. Appreciating the magic as fully as we can, while we can, before letting go to make room for what's to come. I hope this has been a stimulating and insightful episode for you in some way. And if so, I would love to connect with you IRL to share your comments, your insights, your feedback, etc. For more content from me, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, SoundCloud, at Brian Royce. That's Brian with a Y. And keep up with my musical journey too if you're interested by streaming my songs on your favorite musical platforms. I'd appreciate if you shared the podcast with even one person that you think might like it. It helps with the organic growth that we're trying to achieve on a big picture scale at this point. So, as you go about your day, be mindful of where your attention's at. As you move between tasks, be mindful about letting go of one thing as you make space for the next thing to come. And as always, make it good, make it groovy, and catch you next time on the Be Hair Podcast. Thank you.